Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tomorrow the Senate will vote on the plan put forward by President Trump to reopen the closed portions of the federal government right away increase security on our southern border, deliver disaster recovery funding, and address some outstanding immigration issues. By way of reminder, this is a, <clears throat> a compromise measure that was carefully designed to include the kinds of ideas Democrats have been eager to support, including very recently. First and foremost, the legislation would end this partial shutdown and bring all parts of the federal government back online for the American people. <clears throat> Normal operations would resume, federal workers would receive back pay and continue to be paid. This could happen quickly. The bill also takes a compromise approach to the underlying disagreement that brought us to this point. It would fully fund the border security priorities identified by the men and women actually working on the ground. Investments in surveillance and security technologies, in recruiting and training new Border Patrol agents, and yes, additional funding for physical barriers like the walls and fences which Democratic senators used to boast about voting for and which President Obama's administration bragged about building. Of course, the reality in divided government is that negotiations do not leave either side with their perfect plan. So the president went out of his way to include additional items that have been priority areas for Democrats. For example, the proposal would grant three-year lawful status for certain currently enrolled DACA recipients and individuals under TPS. And finally, the White House proposal also includes all seven of our regular order appropriation bills, the product of bipartisan work in this body and in the House throughout, throughout last year. So Madam President, the President's compromise offer should command serious consideration in both houses of Congress. On day 33 of this partial government shutdown, we have before us a bill to immediately reopen the federal government deliver all remaining full-year appropriation measures, support disaster recovery efforts, fully fund comprehensive border security priorities, and address some outstanding immigration issues. It's hard to think of a good reason to oppose this, but my Democratic friends are trying to come up with something, anything, to justify prolonging the stalemate. I have a great deal of respect for my friends across the aisle, but honestly, Madam President, this is getting downright silly. Downright silly. Yesterday, the Democratic leader announced that he was denouncing President Trump's proposal because, quote, there were no serious negotiations with any Democrat. 
It would appear my friend is offended that he wasn't consulted while this compromise was under construction. So let's stop and think about that for a minute. For days, weeks now, the American people have seen the Democratic leader and the Speaker of the House make a public strategy out of refusing to negotiate. That's been their position, that we won't negotiate. They've said it publicly. They've announced they are not interested in a negotiated solution to this impasse. Not interested in meeting the president halfway on immigration policy or anything else. Happy to keep the government closed unless and until everyone agrees to move forward in their preferred manner with no concessions and nothing for border security. Now that's been the Democrats' public stance. Our friends across the aisle have said repeatedly that they have no intention to negotiate out of the stalemate. The Speaker of the House joked that she'd allow $1, $1 for physical barriers, like wall fencing. That's why they've turned away from multiple opportunities to negotiate at the White House in recent weeks. So my friend across the aisle is attempting quite the two-step here. First, the Democratic leader repeatedly said he wasn't interested in any talks at this point. But then when President Trump puts forward a proposal to move us forward, <clears throat> my colleague complains that he wasn't consulted. Well, the press and the American people are picking up on the strangeness of the Democratic leader's strategy of refusing to even negotiate. Here's one headline from a newspaper editorial that echoes this growing national sentiment. <clears throat> Here's what it said. Trump made an offer. It's time for Democrats to start negotiating. And this from the Washington Post. The Washington Post. To refuse even to talk until the government reopens does no favors to sidelined federal workers. A measure of statesmanship for a member of Congress now is the ability to accept some disappointments and shrug off the inevitable attacks from the purest. And there are signs that Democratic members in both chambers are starting to come to the same conclusion, starting to reject their leader's refusal to even negotiate. Here's what a few of our Democratic colleagues here in the Senate have said in the last few days. I personally don't think a border wall is in and of itself immoral. Here's another. Everybody is for border security. There are places a wall makes sense. And here's a few of our Democratic colleagues over in the House. If we don't compromise, the American people are the ones who get hurt. Another said, if I had the opportunity to vote for some sort of deal, I would. Another said, there's common ground. We do have to figure out how to secure our borders. Even Speaker Pelosi's own House Majority Leader broke completely with her extreme position in a television interview just yesterday. When asked if he'd personally be open to wall funding, Congressman Hoyer replied, look, I think physical barriers are part of the solution. That's the Majority Leader of the, of the House of Representatives. When the news anchor oppressed him on Speaker Pelosi's statement that a wall is immoral, Majority Leader Hoyer replied, it depends on what a wall is used for, whether it's moral or immoral. If it's protecting people, it's moral. That's not the issue. He went on 
We want to make sure that people who come into the United States are authorized to do so. We're for border security, and I think we can get there. So more and more Democrats seem to be coming to the same conclusion as the rest of us. It's time to make a deal. Time to make a deal. And fortunately, a deal is on the table. It's a deal for everyone who'd rather reopen the government, invest in border security, and secure more certainty for DACA recipients than sacrifice all that for the sake of this radical new position that physical barriers like walls or fencing are inherently immoral? So the president has produced a fair compromise that pairs full-year government funding with immigration policy priorities from both sides. Enough political spite. Enough. Enough showboating for the resistance. Enough refusing to join in talks and then complaining you weren't consulted. Our federal workforce and the American people deserve a whole lot better than this. I can't believe the bulk of our Democratic colleagues really see opposing the president as more important, more important to their constituents than restoring full government function, paying our federal employees, securing the border, and more certainty for the DACA population. When we vote on the president's plan tomorrow, we'll see what each senator decides to prioritize. Now, Madam President, on one final and totally different matter, I need to say a few words about something that took place this past weekend. Last week, Kentuckians of all ages traveled to our nation's capital to exercise our fundamental American rights to peacefully assemble and petition the government. Unfortunately, for the students of Covington Catholic High School, their participation has resulted in threats on their lives. Far-left activists and members of the national and state media isolated a very few seconds of video footage from any shred of context, and many decided it was time to attack and denigrate these young people. Because of what some highly partisan observers thought, thought they saw in a few seconds of confusing video, these kids, their school, and their families were met with a deluge, a virtual deluge of partisan vitriol and hatred from people who never met them and had no idea what had taken place. Some prominent figures even used this pylon to propose curtailing the First Amendment for groups with whom they disagreed, even targeting the students' hats. How quickly some seemed to forget why the framers insisted on these protections in the first place. In a matter of hours, these students were tried, convicted, and sentenced by the media where accuracy is irrelevant and the presumption of innocence does not exist. <clears throat> to their credit, some apologized for their commentary upon learning more. But by that point, too much damage had already been done. Because of the startling, <coughs> excuse me,
<clears throat> because of the startling death threats against these students and their families, Covington Catholic, which by the way is in Kentucky, was closed yesterday. The school's administration is working closely with law enforcement, but it's unclear when any sense of normalcy might return. <coughs> this time, it's uh, families in my home state who are paying the price for exercising their freedoms. <coughs> Sadly, this kind of fact-free rush to judgment is becoming an all too often occurrence. So if we can learn anything from this weekend, here's what I hope it is. When the rush for headlines takes precedence over the facts, mistakes are made and our rights as Americans are put at risk. This trend is particularly troubling when young people are involved.